There you go. Yeah. Hello, good afternoon, everybody, and um, welcome to the Wild Wisdom Wellbeing Guest Slot. Now, today we've got a very special uh, sort of a, a turnabout, shall we say. Now, seeing as you can see Robin on the screen in the other little box there, I would think that you'd be expecting her to introduce herself. Well, the reason she's not doing it today is because I am going to introduce her. So our very, very special guest this afternoon is none other than Robin Harris. There we are. Yeah. How are you? I'm very good, Nigel. It feels funny to be sitting in the hotspot. Well, like I say, it's a bit of a sort of a, a, a turned tables, if you like, because of the fact, if I just explain briefly before we start talking to you about what it is that you do and your thoughts on these issues, if I just explain very briefly why this is happening, it was because I was a guest on this particular slot going back several weeks ago. And I was talking about what I call mind management. And it occurred to me that you give lots of people opportunities to talk about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. And then as part of that conversation, obviously you sort of jump in on the other side of the conversation and talk a little bit about what you think. So afterwards, I thought to myself, well, hang on, she's given all these opportunities to other people. How can I provide an opportunity for her to talk about what she talks about? So I saw, tentatively sent you a message and said, how would you feel about being the guest? So there we are. That's why uh, we've turned this around today. And that's why you are going to be our special, special guest. So what I was going to say was, can we just start off by, um, I suppose, telling us about Equi-Energy and telling us about why you do what you, what's your motivation for why you do what you do? Okay, uh, so Equi-Energy is a fusion of equilibrium, balance and energy, because I believe that when we can get our energies back into balance, then we experience well-being naturally, hence the sort of tagline that comes with that business name. And why I do what I do, it's really because of my own journey, which I think is a very common theme that runs through a lot of people who do the kind of work that I do working with others who are in the place that we were in. So if I see people who are in a position of uh, feeling really, really low, feeling they're in a dark place, feeling that they just can't find the answers that they've been searching for, they just seem to be hitting a lot of brick walls, just not getting anywhere, then I really feel for people who are in that position. And I found a way out that worked for me. So I love just sharing with people, these are the tools that I used. Your situation is obviously going to be different and one size doesn't fit all, but here are some tools. Here are the ways that I found my tools and found how to work with them. If that helps you, then that's wonderful. And because as well, doing that job, seeing people when they light up, when the connection, all of the little bits of the circuit come together and the light bulb comes on, they have that aha moment. It literally what is. Call, what I call the blue light moment. What I, I referred <laughs> yes. to before is like, it's the same sort of thing in, in like different terms, isn't it? Yeah, because their face literally just does light up and where before the face, facial expression might have been a frown or a confused face, or I'm just trying to get my head around this kind of a face, it suddenly goes, oh! 
and yeah, just making those connections where they suddenly see the power they have inside of themselves, the resources they have inside of themselves. We've talked about this before as well, that I'm yeah. not, yeah, not about giving something new to somebody because they have it. They have what they need inside of themselves. But just being like a mirror or a, a torch to just shine a light and help them to see that for themselves so that they can reconnect with it. Or as Neil Donald Walsh says, remember it so that they can use it for themselves and they know how to use it as effectively as they possibly can optimize really the, the skills and the resources and everything that they have to draw on. I, I, I used the analogy before about metaphorically or literally holding someone's hand. Mm. And it's interesting because we started talking about our different, or I say apparently different approaches to these things, and they turned out to be very similar. And we come from very different backgrounds, but we both have life experience of certain things, shall we say, going wrong and needed to, and needed to find a way, uh, like a, a means of actually getting past those things and make things as best as they can be in the circumstances. But I, I talk about holding people's hands, and, I, and, and I, I mentioned to you, didn't I, about the fact exactly what you've just said. I, I don't bring anything. I don't bring any magic tools or fairy dust or, or anything like that. I just try to allow people to understand what they've already possess the assets and the sort of the qualities and the skills and abilities either they you know they, they've forgotten how to use them an interest you just said about remembering uh, and i think that you're doing it more or less exactly the same thing in a slightly different way and it's it's, it's intriguing to me that your approach is different but the destination's the same yeah. And I love that, that I mean, in um, evolutionary terms, you might talk about convergent evolution where things come together. They might come from different places, but they come together in a very similar solution. So you might look at two different species in different corners of the world, but the environment in which they live is very similar. So it converges the survival needs to produce an animal or a plant that is actually very similar, even though they're so far apart. And I think for me, the fact that people maybe do things that are different on the surface, but they come to a very similar conclusion, they're aiming for the same destination, just goes to prove that it's the right destination. Whatever approach you take, it doesn't really matter. If you're all coming together at that destination, there must be a reason why we're all heading in that way. And interestingly enough, you just said just now about um, and something we very much agree on is the fact that you can't dictate to somebody that this is the way. There is no the way because mm -hmm. we all have a different normal. We all have a different attitude mm -hmm. towards the world, the way we see things, the way we react to things, the way um, they affect us or not, as the case may be. And, and it, what's the actual mechanics, if you like, of the methodology that you actually use in your practice, what, what, what you physically do? I use a variety of different energetic techniques. So always working with energy on some, in some shape or form. Uh, I look a lot at people's beliefs. I look at the beliefs that they hold and why they hold them, why they formed them, because there will have been a reason, there will have been a way in which that belief served them at the time, but may no longer be serving them. 
So then how can we release those? And again, there are lots of energetic techniques that can be used for that. One example is EFT, emotional freedom technique, which uses the same meridian lines as traditional Chinese acupuncture, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. So just we can tap on those meridians. So you don't need needles. And once you've had a session and you're kind of familiar with the points and how to tap on them, you can do it for yourself. So it's about giving people tools as well, not just you come and I do the magic thing and sprinkle the fairy dust, as you say, but that <laughs> it gives people tools. It helps them to pinpoint the ones that work for them because not all tools will resonate for all people. So play with them. I'm, I'm all about playing with things and exploring things and just being open and curious and holding things lightly. So taking the pressure off ourselves, just knowing it's just a bit of fun and we can just try and explore and if it doesn't work. And this was a big thing for me as well, that when I was in that dark spot, I came to realize that the only thing I could change was me. And the way to change me was to change what was going on up here, which would then change everything else. Uh, so that idea that when we change our perceptions, everything else changes, our chemistry changes, as Bruce Lipton says. So when we can change our thoughts, when we can change our beliefs, it shifts everything radically. So we only need to make those small changes and big impacts are achieved. But in realizing that, I realized I could do it my way and I could make it fun. So I'm very much a believer in we should be doing these things lightly. Uh, we can make them fun. And when we're having fun, we learn so much more quickly. We learn through play much better than we learn when we're feeling under pressure because it just puts us into stress and then our learning ability shuts down. Well, interestingly, I was having a conversation in another group a couple of days back. Uh, and this is something, again, that we've discussed before, this thing about the, the, the strong rules, the people who are apparently uh, very capable, very um, with it, efficient, tuned in, turned on, whatever. Uh, and they're the ones who tend to end up suffering the most because of the fact they take all this this weight on the roof over a period of time and stress not being a stressful event or a traumatic event, being uh, a, a series of sort of little layers on top and top and then there's the big crash sort of thing. And the person I was talking to was saying more or less exactly the same as what you're saying now about the fact that you have to get someone tuned in to enjoy something so that they actually buy into it. So it, it can be quite serious in as much as it's, it's got a serious purpose or is aiming for a serious outcome, but it still has to be something which is uh, something that they want to engage with, they feel it's appropriate to engage with. So it's very interesting you talk about the fun element Talk, also talk about some of the other things that you do. Do you do, I, I, I generally don't know, this is not something we've discussed before. Do you do things like um, Reiki and, and sort of energy and stuff? You know, you say about energy, is, is there like, um, you have to excuse my ignorance in this area. This is why I'm here today to, to listen to what you've got to say. You know, like energy fields and stuff like that. Is that something that you sort of get involved yourself in? It is, yes. I'm trained in Reiki. I'm trained with the healing trust, so energy healing. Uh, so that's where the getting our energies back into balance largely comes from. So looking at energies in that respect, but also energies in terms of just 
what are we looking at in our lives? What are we focusing on? Because anything that we're focusing on, where our energy goes, then uh, where our attention goes, energy flows and that thing grows. So effectively we're feeding it. And this is where I think quite often we, we feel we have to fight things, but when we fight something, all we're doing is creating more of a pushback. And if we're struggling with a person, they become defensive. So it's that push-pull. Whereas if we stop pushing, then there's nothing to be pushed back. So when we can find our balance and find what resonates for us and just be in that. And as well, it's about just being. Because sometimes we forget that we're human beings when just get so involved in doing. And that's another balance because when our yin and our yang energies are out of balance, when we're too much in the yang, too much in the doing, not enough in the yin and the going inwards and the listening to ourselves, tuning in to ourselves, then it does create that imbalance and, and it depletes our energy because we're going, going, going all the time and not feeding. And I was just talking to somebody just before this uh, live about how we need to feed ourselves. We need to spend time in the energy that we want to have in our own lives to just start to prove, sorry, sorry, you, just to prove, sorry, sorry, Robert, just to prove it is live. Um, I got somebody <laughs> delivering a soundtrack to my, uh, to my, my window at the moment. So I just have to acknowledge him. <laughs> sorry. What happened last time? Well, that's, we had something else happen last time outside the window, we did. didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to make but sure yeah, I speak to him. Like, Sorry for that. Go on. It does prove it's live. It's, we are here yeah, right now. Yeah, so it's Reiki. It's looking at our yin-yang balance. It's looking at the food that we eat because that is full of vibration and energy. Are we eating things that are highly processed? Are we cooking from scratch? Are we really feeding and nourishing ourselves or are we just throwing something in without taking that time to enjoy and to allow our digestive system then to function appropriately to really break our food down and to absorb our food because without that we don't get the nutrients that we need color as well is huge i had a, a lovely guest on here before talking about how color and the vibration of color influences our lives and i did some fantastic cpd last year about how color can be used in really getting to the crux of what's going on even in terms of our beliefs it's it's incredible how for me i love that everything comes together so we we're talking about how people use different approaches but also just Everything in our world comes together for supporting us if we know how to use it in that way. And for me, I'm passionate about looking at nature and the, the lessons and what nature teaches us and what animals teach us. So I bring a lot of that into my work too. And everybody knows there's been a lot of research now on how relaxing it is and how nourishing it is for the soul to be out in nature surrounded by green, listening to the sounds, birdsong, water, whatever it might be. Well, I, I mentioned to you previously about the fact that um, I, I went through this period of anxiety and depressive illness going back several years ago now when I was uh, more or less towards the end of my police career. 
uh, and, it, and it was a huge surprise to me because it wasn't going to happen to me because it never happens to you, does it? Oh, no, it always happens to somebody else. And then all of a sudden, it all comes crashing and you think, oh, it was me after all. So, you know, and uh, that was some place that I wouldn't wish anybody to go personally because it's a very, very disjointed, uh, un, uh, unpleasant place to be in comparison with what is your normal inverted commas life. But I was talking, I was saying to you about the fact that afterwards, the one advantage to me was exactly what you just said. All of a sudden, I can hear the birds singing, and I can see mm -hmm. the color of the sky, and I can hear the wind in the trees, and I can feel like if I sit down on the grass. I mean, I'm much, much more in tune, much more aware of the things that are around me and in the natural world. And that came as a real surprise to me because I didn't expect it. And I mm -hmm. thought that when I went back to my usual state, even though that's a funny thing to say, because occasionally I'm not, I, I still have episodes of those things myself, but only on a small basis now. Um, I, I didn't expect this, this joy of what was around me, this, this appreciation, being able to see and hear things. And it, and it goes to show that you, you can see, or sorry, the other way around, you can look without seeing hmm. and you can listen without hearing. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it really, really heightened those senses for me. So I think that you deal in that area is like a really important area because it, it, it's it's free. It's, you know, it's something that everybody, if they can tune into it, can access that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think when we've been at that low point and then start to come out of that, it gives us a whole new appreciation for everything that we have around us. And whether it's because we start being grateful because we've been in that low place and we've come out and we start being grateful just for the fact that, thank goodness, I'm out of that place. And the fact that we're then vibrating with that uh, gratitude. And so it attracts more gratitude. We can only have things in our lives that we're grateful for when we're being grateful. It's a kind of a paradoxical, which comes first, chicken or egg thing. But it really does. It, it really works that if we're being grateful if we can start off being grateful for the smallest of things then we suddenly notice it sets our filters for what things are around us to be grateful for and we might not have noticed them before because we were so busy or you know we we're just in that dark place and we couldn't see but as soon as we start to notice we just notice more and more do you think it might be the fact that um, when you go through this sort of situation uh, I originally thought I can like lots and lots of people do, and there's no, there's no sort of uh, not saying anything bad about them because this is what a lot of people's concept is: the depression, anxiety is about being sad, and 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 I again I'm not talking for everybody, but everybody. Oh, well, <laughs> I said not everybody, then I said everybody, but lots and lots <laughs> of people who have been through this have exactly the same experience as me. It's not a sadness; it's a it's a, a disconnect. It's something going on in your head which sort of takes you away from your normality you know and I, I mentioned before about this thing about this what this half a second behind this dissociation mm. and watching yourself doing something rather than just doing what you do and I'm just wondering now based upon what you just said is it to do with the fact that I had an enforced period of five months not voluntarily but I, but I had that period where I was sort of tending to rest my brain i wasn't as hectic as i used to be and when we are again we use that word normal when we're our usual selves 
maybe we don't maybe we're too hectic maybe we're too much looking at other things to notice all these so-called little things and then once you once you've once you've had that rest period or all being enforced on you maybe you look at maybe your brain is in a position to look at those things a little bit better to appreciate those things yeah i think one of the things that i do one of the tools that i use is called meta consciousness so it's not a therapy it's a an analytical kind of a tool but i look at where what what has been happening to somebody in the significant emotional events in their lives and the impact that that's had on them and the beliefs that it's caused them to form and it can push us into like i was talking before about our yin and yang energy it can push us into an imbalance there so you were talking about being really busy and not having the time or as my mum would say take the time to smell the roses take the time to feed the ducks where we just feel that we're under pressure all the time and so we're doing 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 and we're not having that rest but the body we talk about illness, we talk about dis-ease. To me, that's just the body saying, I need help. For me, it's not a mistake. It's not the body going wrong or falling apart or starting to attack us. It's just, it's not able to sustain that. And it's saying, please, please pay attention to this, whether that's through anxiety, through depression, through aches and pains, headaches, bad back, joints are out somewhere or our gut is playing up it's just the body saying please can we pay attention to this because it's really not working for me anymore it will have done right at the very beginning for maybe a short period of time just in that moment but now i can't sustain this please let's address it and once we do to me the purpose of disease is to say you know this is learning i i i've made that decision in that moment I've created that belief and it got me through there but then I need to process that belief and when I process it I see actually I have so many more resources so it's part of that process of realizing that I don't need fairy dust I don't need a magic wand I have it all inside of myself all I need to do is remember it reconnect with it and step into it like step into who we really are rather than trying to be that square peg in our own hole. Because when we do that, that's what puts pressure on ourselves and causes a lot of these imbalances and upsets. And you were saying about the strong roofs and the people who I'm not going to break, I'm going to be fine, and then they do. That is, it's such a, a shocking thing to the system that that in itself can just add to any issues they've already got they've already carrying like if you have a bad diagnosis as well there's a thing called diagnostic shock which can then cause other problems on top of the diagnosis that you receive so for me it's being aware of all of these things being aware of the impact that they have on our bodies and learning how to interpret the messages that our body's sending us so if i am getting headaches if i've got a bad back if my guts are playing up what is that telling me what is the learning within it that can help me to grow and step more fully into who I really am, to shine my light, to be my unique self and share those gifts? I, I, there's a word that's come into my mind here now as a conduit, it's as a means of somebody, uh, and again, this is something we have in common. It, like I say, it, it, the delivery is slightly different, but the idea is the same. And it's about people who already or they, they've either they've forgotten they've got these assets or they 
don't know that they can achieve them. You know, they, 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 they've already got the ability, mental and physical ability to take these things on board. And then someone like me or someone like you comes along and says, well, hang on, let's sit down and, and actually do like, um, what's, what would be a, like an official, t an audit, right? And I don't mean to be that mechanicalistic, but I mean, no, no, an, mean. Audit, an audit of what you actually know already, what's available to you, what's in your character that makes you, uh, be able to just look at these things in a logical, sensible way that you can actually sort these things out. And that's that's what I'm thinking. I, I, I'd never thought of it before, but a conduit is almost like being a bridge between the person and their background, their emotions, the, their beliefs and what have you, and then turning around and saying, okay, well, let's put all this together in some sort of sensible way and let's uh, see what we need to use here because the thing I was talking to you about before, when I when I do presentations, or there's a presentation that I'm working on at the moment now, which is deliberately childlike, not childish, but childlike, because I'm hoping to tap into the child learning brain, because that's where we learn when we're little. And then we, as we get older, we forget about it, you know? And in many ways, I think that's exactly the same that you're doing, is sort of getting people to get in touch with their real uh their real feelings tell me if i'm wrong i mean this is just my supposition in relation to what you do uh, and then on, get yeah. to their real, and then really speaking to take all the adult out of it take all the complication out of it take all the the things to do with image the things to do with ego the things to do with um i have to behave in a certain way it's convention it's what's expected and what i'm getting from this is the fact that you are doing more or less the same thing. You're simplifying things because we talked about simple before, right? My love of simple, <laughs> I adore simple. Um, and you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm just getting the message that you were talking about simplifying things and taking all the complication away for them and let them use what they've got. Absolutely. And you know that I love simple too. I'm very much about keep it simple and childlike. I often talk about childlike when we can get into that energy that way of being because children don't worry when they're really young they don't worry about these things they they are so simple in the way they see the world they're so delighted in the way that they see the world and i think when we can get back to somebody once called it beginner's mind in in my journey and that really helped me just get back as if this was the first time because we get jaded and we get cynical as we grow older but that is our conditioning. And there's a thing that goes around every so often that talks about, we aren't broken. We don't need to be fixed. What we need, we don't need to find ourselves. What we need is to shed all of that conditioning, all of those things that we've been taught to think and to feel for whatever reason, you know, it fits in with society at that square peg in the round hole kind of idea. But when we can, back, can get back to who we really are and to get back to that delight of the child, the openness, the curiosity without judgment, then that simplifies things and it brings in the joy and it brings in the light and makes things lighter as well. It doesn't feel like such a burden. You know, ch children don't feel that burden, do they? They don't worry no. about tomorrow. They just run around and skip and dance. And they, they're the ones who dance like nobody's watching. And if they yeah. do a picture, they're so proud of it. They don't worry about, oh, I didn't do that right. And that's not in proportion. And that color is not quite matching the real thing. They just draw and they love the drawing. They delight in the, the 
fact that they can use a pencil and they can color, whether it stays within the lines or not, who cares? So when we can get back to that and the idea as well, um, somebody said to me when I went back to studying, enjoy this time of being a student when it's okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn. So long as we're not beating ourselves up when we get it wrong, we're not putting those judgments on ourselves. Again, it's the openness, the curiosity and the compassion for ourselves when we do make mistakes, because that's just a part of life. And to not think of it as a mistake or a failure, but failure being F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning, or that it's actually not a failure, it's feedback, because I've learned that didn't work for me. Okay, I know that there's no point in doing that again, I'll do it another way. I'll try something different. And there's never an end, which, you know, we're always learning, we're always growing. And to me, that's that's one of the joys of life, because we don't have to feel this is the end. I'm judged. It's over. That's it. Write it off. It's, there's always a new start tomorrow. There's always new opportunities. There's always new things to learn, new ways to grow, new things to realize about myself, new skills to develop and to remember. Well, as, as you'll know by now, my approach is not very uh, trainerish. You know, I'm in the, one of the very few <laughs> trainery type things that I say. I mean, everything I do is based on my own personal life experience and having had experience of these things going a little bit wrong, going a little bit wonky sort of thing, you know? And um, I, I just get this idea that as we get older, we put all this weight on our shoulders, which you really need somebody to come along and show you how to take some of that weight off. Uh, and I think that as, as adults, we're pretty terrible in relation to managing that weight, to managing that stress. And I use a term called weightless, weight uh, apostrophe less so that you've actually got less weight on your shoulders and you don't go to that place where it starts getting chaotic it's, you start mm -hmm. going into crisis because you start drinking too much you don't sleep enough you're worrying about things you're worrying about work worrying about money what you know and it's worrying a matter about of worrying so, yeah yeah i mean it's almost like i mean i used to know people who police officers right i always just say he's busy being busy yeah i was just going to say that because we we get this impression that because busy is the new buzzword, isn't it? It's like oh, yeah, yeah. brown is the new black. Yeah. Busy is the new thing to be. And if you're not busy, there's something wrong with you. There's yeah. there's a kind of that underlying unspoken. I know we're getting better at it now and people will challenge that about you have to be busy. But still, there is some understand some belief out there, isn't there, that you have to be busy. And if you're not busy, why not? because you're not making effective use of your time or whatever. But rest is so important, balance is so important, self-care is so important, feeding ourselves on all levels is so important. So yeah, I think it's, it's in terms of the weight, it's trying to, as you say, help people to see you don't have to carry that weight. It's not, you don't need to be guilty if you're not carrying the weight. It's not a fault if you don't carry the weight. It's great if you can put it down. Well, this is this is what I was saying about sticking in the box, you know, but the idea yes. about um, uh, this, uh, of those who haven't, didn't see the last uh, sort of one of these live broadcasts, they probably think, what, what's he talking about sticking in the box? What's he, what's he on about? And it was the idea of this is this box that you can actually put all the stuff you can't deal with, just stick it in the box, get rid of it. As another compartment where the stuff you can't deal with now and then you put all your energy in relation to what you can deal with now 
get that sorted and then you can go back to the box right that was a summary of what it was about and uh, that was that was just the way that I thought about explaining visually to somebody in, in this very childlike way because children learn from uh, from what they see and what they hear and then they associate emotions and they associate actions with things with pictures with colors and stuff like that and talking about being busy that is a very adult emotion mm. because you talk to a child and, and he or she will tell you they're busy and they'll smile i'm busy i'm doing i'm busy so it's not a stress it's not a tension it's something which is quite positive and i think as we get older we tend to forget how to un how to unload how to you know mm. uh, going back to what you just said just now right um i don't i don't think that there's any way of avoiding the weight but there is a definite way of dealing with the weight of managing those things so that they become something which is doable something which you can actually cope with so in, in, I, I was gonna i'm gonna be the devil's advocate now right because the conversation we had before as well right so i actually am very interested in what you do and the people watching this by nature of the fact that they're sitting here listening to this now will also be interested how do you deal with the people who are cynical about what you do? What's your attitude towards those people in as much as they say, oh, it's all airy, fairy, talk sort of stuff and what have you? Because obviously you can show them that what you do works, has results for people. So does that, it may be that it doesn't concern you in the slightest. How do you deal with the people who are cynical? For, it wouldn't concern me, no, but it's, it, it tickles my curiosity and I wonder, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, 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 what made you say that it's woo-woo or what is your perspective on it? How do you see it and why do you see it that way? And, you know, it, it just makes me want to explore that perspective because I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by all the different ways that people see the world. Each person has their own set of filters, has their own perspective, and it fascinates me. I, I love kind of, can I step into your shoes for a moment and look at the world from where you're standing, sitting, and, and see what it looks like through your lenses? Um, yeah. So I think that fascinates me because I'm very much, I'm very passionate about what I do isn't woo-woo it's nature it's it's normal it's and it's like the idea of complementary medicine versus generic mainstream medicine actually complementary medicine was here first and it's been proven over thousands and possibly millions of years so why has it been kind of pushed outside to being complementary rather than mainstream and to me, the things that I work with are just, well, they're nature. I'm following nature's laws. I'm just sharing those. Why is that strange and woo-woo? And there are scientists out there. I love the fact that science is having to come around and say, oh, the thing that we said was woo-woo, we've actually proven it now and we're using it. So things like quantum physics that just blows my mind. I love things that are paradoxical and they blow your mind and they really make you, whoa, what? How is that true? And yet it is. How, how, how does that work? I love all these kinds of things. So there's plenty to draw on to say this is just nature. It's just nature at work doing the thing that she does best. 
It's not weird. It's not wacky. It's wonderful. But yeah, it's not strange. It's, it's just interesting that you say about, um, and I asked the question specifically because I want to know what your reaction would be to someone being less than enthusiastic about your view of these particular things, right? Because I've come across people who say that my approach to it can be, not, not it's not aggressive, but too much in your face on occasion, but I come from a very, very real live background of dealing with real life type things. So that's, that's what I know. And um, it's interesting that you said that your answer, which was a really good answer, was the fact that you'd want to know why that person, what their motivation was in relation to thinking that this was all a bit fairy type thing. And I think that comes back down to not just me and you, but people who work in this area. They've got this fascination with people. They've got this genuine, you know, to be honest with you, if, if you don't have that fascination, you shouldn't be doing this. There's, there's some people out there who, you know, they see it as a, this is a career opportunity and it's something which uh, maybe I can just learn how to do it. And I think that they're missing out. I feel sorry for them really, because talking to you, you obviously have a fascination with how people do things, why people do things, you know, what's the, what's their motivation sort of thing. So that, that was a good answer. That was, that was very good actually, because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that one, did I? I didn't say that one. <laughs> and I think that's, that's part of the fascination of life to me, that we are all different. And the fact that you teach in your way and I share in my way, that's perfectly, spot on because the people who need a direct approach and who need somebody who's going to be no nonsense and just tell it how it is and share from what we love lived experience what other kind of experiences there but yeah. um you know who are just going to share from that space you they're going to resonate with that because that's just going to hit their spot it's going to hit their sweet spot it's going to be how they hear best the people who come to me will be quite different but it's great that there are all of these different choices because you know when the student needs the master, they will appear. So whatever your needs might be, there'll be somebody out there for you that resonates, that ticks your boxes, that you click with. And this is why as well, I'm passionate about anybody who's looking for somebody to work with, look around. Don't feel that you have to go with the first person that first name that you get or first person you connect with. Because if they don't feel right, trust your gut. Look around. Try out a few I, different I, approaches. I'm now <laughs> a man of a certain age. I'm now in my maturity, as they say. Right? <laughs> and I, I'm not going to say how old I am, purely soon, because as I say it, it just sort of sticks in my mouth. I just I think I am now, and it doesn't sound right. It just doesn't, you know, because inside you, right? I'm about, I'm about 35 in here, right? So that, that's, that's not, that's, that's, cool. that's, you know, that's just label. And I, I think yeah. about um, looking back over my life and about 85% of the time, my gut instinct has been right. And I've probably only taken notes of it about 50% of the time. So 35% of the time I've done what I thought was the thing to do, even though my brain and my body is telling me, no, that's not what you should be doing. Your natural instinct, everything inside you is saying you should do this. And I think, again, as adults, we spend a lot of time fighting ourselves because mm -hmm. we have this innate ability built into us to have those sort of feelings. And you know they're going to be wrong occasionally, 
but then you like half the time you turn on and say oh i'm not going to do that because it's not the way it's not you know the prescribed way and what i've learned as i've got older and this is what i try to help other people with especially people who are younger than me because if I, I if i was me talking to me when i was 25 or 35 my life would have been an awful lot easier i can assure you because as you get older you learn all these new things and it's not because you're clever or because you're smart than anybody else it's just because you've been around a bit longer and I, I think that going back to the theme of earlier on as adults we tend to fight ourselves a lot we tend to not let ourselves go as when we're children and children just are as opposed to trying to be something you know they just they just exist and it's joyous to see children sort of just being what they are sort of thing you know and, and i appreciate that a lot of people can't get there they can't actually be there um very easily but but like i say there's none of this comes easy it takes an awful lot, awful lot of effort so again that's an area in which we're working which is 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 very similar but from different backgrounds and i think that's part of the weight that we carry it's the conditioning that we take on board the beliefs that we form in those moments of stress or trauma that get us through that moment but they don't serve us in the long run <clears throat> and then we're trying to juggle all these beliefs that are kind of dissonant with who we are inside what our gut knows about ourselves who we were as children when we were just being and then the ego comes in with these beliefs that is trying to do its best it's trying to keep us safe all these little primitive parts of our brain that are still looking for the saber-toothed tiger that isn't there anymore so these are to me these are part of the weight that we then carry and it's a mismatch it is a dissonance inside and it feels uncomfortable and then we kind of get stuck as to which voice do we listen to and we if we don't keep tuning in and keep exercising our intuition then we stop being able to recognize which voice is that? Is that ego voice? Is that fear voice? Is that intuition voice? Which one is it? But when we can start to tune in and listen, then we become more attuned, like tuning in a radio and the signal gets clearer and we start to recognize that's an, an uh, intuition voice, that isn't. I'll go with the intuition voice. And it's kind of like, you know, they say about these things are muscles. You more than you use them, the stronger they get. Yeah, and I know, yeah. yeah, I know that from myself, I, I find that I have these little gut senses about the weirdest of things. But if I listen to them, gosh, I, I'm noticing that more and more, and it, it's becoming more and more accurate, and I can hear it more strongly. So another thing that I love in what I do is to help people tune into that intuition, to help them trust it. Because often we've been, we've been taught not to trust our own inner voice because we've been taught this is how society does it. This is the right way. And when we're children, we are in our innocence and we're in our childlike wonder and we're just being. But we're smaller physically. And also we look to the adults and we're kind of, encouraged to believe that the adults have been here longer they know what's right it's like you were saying looking back at your childhood self i've been here i know how the world works and yes you probably have more wisdom for yourself but that child is a different person and also you know I, you think about your parents and they were parenting from the parenting that they received 
And if that wasn't a great, then the parenting that their children receive won't be that great potentially either. And also they grew up in a different time, particularly now the world is moving so quickly. And I think of my grandparents would have been around in the war, you know, post-Victorian era, then my parents got that kind of upbringing. I got that kind of upbringing, slightly filtered and changed for how the times had changed. If I was to have children, I'd be teaching from that. And it might not, it probably wouldn't at all match the world that they're living in now. So there are all of these factors at play, but also, you know, even if you did go back and talk to your 25 year old self, would your 25 year old self be ready to hear it? Do you know that's exactly what I, I just actually, I actually just wrote down the word here, older. And the reason for that was because first of all, um, I don't think that older people are older these days. I mean, I've actually made a film about a short film not so long ago called 50s, 60s and 70s, talking about older people were teenagers in the 50s, 60s and 70s, which were really sort of uh, eras of great social change, political change, uh, like technological change and stuff like that. So your 50, 60 and your 70 year old these days is not like your 60 and 70 year old no. in, the, in the 40s and the 30s and what have you. I can remember my mother and father being relatively old when they were younger than me, and I'm only 35. Don't forget. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> and the other thing that the other thing I wrote older down for was exactly what you've just said, because my mother used to say to me, "You waited 18, my boy." I said, "Well, I, I'm not 18. I, I I don't know what it is to be 18. You wait till you're married, my boy." I, I'm, I'm not mad. Wait till you've got kids. And I, 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 I you know, so I, I take your point on board that the, the, the me now going back and talking to the 25 year old me, I'd probably, I would probably look at me and go, what, what are you talking about? But I just feel now looking back as though I could impart something to those people, uh, which would be useful for them to actually behave in a positive manner and be able to, uh, take some of this weight off their shoulders, this weightless sort of concept, you know? I was going to ask you, um, if you're a doer, and by that I mean some people have, I mean, the answer is obviously yes, because you are doing things now, you're making things happen. But what was it in your nature that makes you sort of not just have an idea like lots of people have, but actually to bring that to, to fruition, to make that happen in relation to what you do now? Uh, possibly the, the um, motivation of my why. You know, if, if you feel passionately about something and you really want that to have an impact, you know, if you feel passionately about it, you want it to have an impact, so you do something about it. And I guess having a belief that that's possible as well, because if you don't, then there's kind of that sense of why would I do it? So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. And I think I've met some amazing inspirational people in my life who've really fired that in me too. And there was one guy who was <clears throat> my first boss in my first job. And he saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself at all at the time. And I was kind of like, you kidding? <laughs> that, that's just not there in me. I don't have that kind of potential. I don't have that level of skill or drive or whatever it was going to take and yet now years later i look back and think oh my goodness where i am now i never thought i would have got here but he was hugely instrumental in me getting here 
on so many levels and so many reasons. So I think there's so many different factors to that. And also thinking, you know, if I could do that for somebody else, I love the concept of, I think I shared this with you before, um, the, the Oprah Winfrey's quote of an, uh, a mentor is somebody who shows you the hope inside of yourself. And I love the idea of being able to do that for people. Because when having been in despair myself, or thinking, you know, this I'm at the the pits now. It probably could have got worse, but you know, when you're in that position, you think yeah. it can't possibly yeah. get any worse. <clears throat> and having been at that position and having people give me the slightest spark of hope was huge. So I'd love to be able to do that for others. Was this was this man? Would you say he was he was a sort of a, a supporter for you? Um, he became known as my adopted dad. I worked for him. I worked with him, and we used to go out for lunch, which turned into sometimes two-hour lunches because we would just sit there talking, putting the world to rights. And he was old enough to be my dad. So he was like, you know, yourself going back to the 25 year old. That's kind of the relationship yeah. we had. And he would tell me these insights that he had. And because I respected him and I could see he wasn't just a talker, he was a liver of his talk. He walked his talk. So I could see that what he said was true. I didn't know how it was going to work in my life, but I could see and, and, feel the uh, draw of what he shared and want to be as good as he saw me being. I think that was what it was really. Is that sort of uh, somebody, and I, I'm thinking of not, not a particular person, but I'm thinking of a, a couple of people actually, who have sort of made me see that I, I can have a sort of self-belief in myself as being, um, and I, I, not for one second would I say that I lack self-belief all the time because quite often I've got it, but every now and again, it sort of falls off a cliff and I'm thinking to myself, well, uh, you know, like imposter syndrome and why am I here? Why am I talking? Do I have anything worthwhile to say? And it's just always nice when somebody is a supporter and they can, they will of their own accord, you don't have to, you know, um, you don't have to coax them in any way. They, of their own accord, they will say, let me tell you this. Let me tell this about what I see in you. You don't have to see it. Maybe at some time in the future, you will, you know, it'll come to pass. You will see it. You'll realize it. But this is what I see in you. And I think what you're talking about there is it's person doing what we aspire to do. Because we're aspiring to show people and tell people that they have these assets. They have these skills and abilities within them that they can actually use to realistically make their life a little bit easier. There's no, never ever a guarantee you can make your life better, but you can make your life an awful lot easier just by being able to manage these things and the sort of things that we both talk about. And another great, talking of supporters, would be my mum and a great inspiration too, because at 50, she retrained, set up a new business. Well, she'd worked for the NHS and continued to part-time and then set up her own business as well. So, you know, talking about age, I would have thought of that as being older, certainly when I was very small, then I was in my 20s by then, so I didn't think of it as old as well. But to see my mum at sort of twice my age at that point, setting up a new business and 
running that for herself rather than working for an employer just was such an inspiration and it was in well-being so again such an inspiration for me all that she did and how she you know that learning how she grew through that learning made me then probably that was a great uh, step in my valuing continued learning and growth and how it expands your life and I could see her in the work that she did just it was like when my brother was talking about learning to drive you go mirror signal maneuver until you pass your test and then you just drive and my mum yeah. was like that it was like right I need to remember to do that step at this point and do that then and that goes with that and then when she learned how to do it she started doing it from her intuition just from her inner knowing and she flew she was amazing is still because she still does little bits of it and that was such an inspiration to me again helping me to see how much your intuition really can guide you and lead you and be a, a strong force in your life another supporter that's yeah. the theme really i suppose isn't it and I suppose that, like I say, we aspire to be supporters of people, be it that sort of personally or professionally, uh, and to maybe give them a little bit of information and a little bit of help and a little bit of uh, some new ideas in relation to how they can actually make things as good as they can be in the circumstances, as I always say, because everybody's circumstances are always different. So there we are. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I feel a bit, a bit of a fraud actually saying thank you very much for your own sort of life slot. <laughs> I just thought it'd be really nice to give you the opportunity, seeing as you give other people the opportunity, to talk about what it is, your ideas, and what you do. And I have to say, you've been a very, very special guest today. You get a special accolade. So if, I, <laughs> if I'm quiet now, then you can actually tie up all your bits on the end like you normally do. But thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you, Nigel. I was gobsmacked when you asked me about turning the tables and doing it this way around. And I was deeply honoured that you kind of thought that was worth doing and that you stepped up to being my interviewer, so to speak. <laughs> so I thank you. It's been great connecting with you and all the things that we've already done together. It's been it's been a joy. Thank you. No, so, thank you. yeah, <laughs> I will just round this up then. Thank you, Nigel, and say thank you. Oof, got a fly buzzing around here. Thank you for watching. And if you're catching up on the replay, stick in a hashtag replay. If you've got any questions, you'd like to know anything more about anything we've talked about here today, then just stick them in the comments or message me privately if you prefer. And I look forward to seeing you next week. I'll be back again on Monday with my next special guest. So have a great weekend. Bye for now.